Bereshus Harav Moradas Rishlita. Tonight's Shia will be the Ili Nishmas Avinoyam Olava Sholem Benab Shmuel Aran Nerior, the Schus of Taira, and his Oyerus Lechuva should be the Ili Nishmasa at Taira. Zochreinu Lechaim Melechofeitz Bachaim. Once again, we're at the time of year where we stand before the Rabbeinu Shalom begging for our very lives. Rabbi Yisrael Salamta writes, Milufonim, I remember in previous times, Kasher Yodati, Kol Ish, Achazosoi Palotsois. Every person would be gripped with terror when he heard that Chodesh Elul is coming and the Avoid of the Yomim Noiroim is beginning, Rabbi Petterberg used to have to change his shirt a few times a day during Chodesh Elul from the sweating, from the terror of the approaching Yom Adin. The Shevet Musa brings a marshal. Here we are, Tezvav, already in the middle of Chodesh Elul. And the Shevet Musa brings a marshal of a man who was running through a forest, through a jungle, and he fell into a ditch, a lion's den. And on his way, as he was falling down, he saw a root in the wall of the pit, and he grabbed onto that root, and he was hanging on for dear life, and the lions were at the bottom of the pit, snapping. And as he was holding on to that root, a little woodchuck comes by and starts to chew at that root and starts pecking away at one strand of the root after another. And he's watching, he's seeing as it's slowly disappearing before his eyes. And there in the bottom is the den of lions. And the Shevet Musa says, every day of Elul, there's the days of the Yom of Neiroim are compared to a ferocious lion. And we're watching the days being eaten away day after day of Chodesh Elul, getting closer and closer to the Ari. The only difference is that over there, there was no hope for the person. He falls to the lions. But we, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, gives us the option, gives us the opportunity to do tshuva, to take these days and turn them into Yemei Simcha, to days of life. Today's of the Chosveinu Besefer Hachayim. The Dubna Magid explains, says, you know, we look at these days where we're all calm and collected. No one of us is overly anxious like they used to be. The Dubna Magid said, imagine if Hamotze Yom HaKippurim, they would come around with a wagon or with a truck gathering from every shul all those people who were nechtam exardin, the opposite of Chaim. Imagine if we knew that on Motzoi Yom HaKippurim, everybody who didn't make it through the din and the mishpat of Yom HaKippurim were to be taken to a special place to await his sentence. Then we would cry through the Yomim Neiroim, then we would have a pachad and a fear through the days of Elul. The Rebbe doesn't need to gather and to take those Rahman al-Litzlan whose Gzardin wasn't Lutoiva. The whole world belongs to him. 
And wherever we are, we are Bereshusai Shalakadosh Baruch But we know that everything that happens is Nigzar in these days, is decreed in the days of Rosh Hashanah. We look back at the year, we look back with fear, with sorrow. Klal Yisrael suffered so much. I know a Yid, Hunebach is suffering from a very serious illness. And he takes time to visit others who are suffering from the same illness. And I heard from him that in Memorial Hospital in Sloan Kettering is a pediatric ward. There's 32 beds in that ward. Twelve of those beds are occupied by children of Yidin Shaimre Tayru Mitzvahs. Across the street, there's Cornell University, where there's a ward for the most seriously ill, 600 beds, 120 beds, are occupied by Yidin Shaimre Tayru Mitzvahs. Rahman al-Tzlam, there's so much tzoros ha-prat, tzoros ha-klal. In Eretz Yisrael, we saw destruction. Gezeiro Yisrois, we mispal al-hofer atzas oiveinu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should protect all of us and all Yidin from the evil plans, the evil designs of those who hate us. All of this didn't happen at the time we thought it happened. All of this was nigzar. It happened on Rosh Hashanah, on the Yomim Noiroim. In this community was taken away from us a precious Bokhar who was Edyoy Lugoinu Lucif Ores, who would have been a source of light to all of Klal Yisrael. And the Ilan Ishmosai is tonight's Divrei Torah. He wasn't taken away in the waves in Australia. He was taken away on Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Purim, is the Gzardin. And yet our hearts are closed. Yakho Hashem b'shigoin u'b'ivoroin u'b'simoin leivov, as it says in this week's parsha, and Rashi says b'simoin leivov oitem haleiv, a closed heart, a heart that doesn't feel that we don't, a heart that doesn't relate to the fearsome, powerful days of awe to the pure and perfect judgment of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to Sifrei Chaim Sifrei Meisim Psuchim. Maybe we need to first strengthen ourselves in our emun in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in our emun in Chazal, in order that we should feel in truth and feel deep inside, not just superficially, the enormity and the importance of the coming days. No, we say, Ladovad Hashem Oiri Vishi every day of Chodesh Elo. 
Now imagine if we had to choose which capital Tilim to say in Chodesh Elo, we probably would have chosen capital Nun Aleph, the capital of Tshuva, Chatosi Negdi Somid, Pshoyani Eido, Leif Toa, Biroli Eloikim, Biroach Nocha, in Chadesh Bikirbi, all about Tshuva. In Ladova Hashem, Oiri, there's not one mention of Tshuva from beginning to end. The entire capital Tilim is about Emuna Bashem. Every posik line by line is reminding us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu controls the world, that everything that happens is the Yad Hashem, and there's no other force or energy that has any power over world events. Beklal ubeprat. The first step to tshuva, the Svarim tell us, is to believe Every midr law that we have, we could conquer if we had the proper amuna bashem. If a person has a difficulty with kas, with anger, where does it come from? Because he believes he's the master of his own destiny. Or he believes somebody else can hurt him. Or if something goes wrong, there's some way to be angry at. If we truly believed everything came from the Rabbeinu Shalom, there would be no room for kas. The Maral says by Moshe Rabbeinu, was bol echlal kas by the chet of the Meimeribah. So the Pazik says, Yan loy tembi. It's a chesorn in emuno. If we believe that everything came from the Rabbeinu Shalom, would it be possible for us to be balei gaivo? Would we look down at others or be full of ourselves just because we made a few dollars? Because we're what people call successful. What I think I'm so smart or so ambitious, so accomplished. If I had Amunah Bashem, I would believe that everything I have is a present from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He gives and He takes. Today He gives to me. Tomorrow He gives to the next person. If we had proper Amunah Bashem, if we really believed HaKadosh Baruch Hu was pulling the strings of everything that happens, would there be kinah? Would there be jealousy? Would we be unhappy because somebody else has something or more than we have? We would understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants this person to have what he has and I should have what I have. So the first step to correcting the path, the first step to returning to HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to be Lulei Hemanti, Lirois Bituv Hashem. And this is the greatest joy the most fortunate type of life that a person can live. A life of Oyshev Ushor. When a person has a Munah Bashem, Rabbi Cheskel Abramski, Zechat Levrocha, 
we know was arrested and was sent by the Russians to Siberia. He spent a year and a half in Siberia. One volume of the Chazon Yecheska was written in Siberia. It's written in Agdom. He didn't have Svarim. He wrote it without the benefit of Svarim. He was arrested early morning. He was taken from his home. They wouldn't even let him take a coat with him. And the first night in Siberia, in the sub-zero degree weather, he woke up in the morning and he told him, he says, you know, it was difficult to me to say Moidani. It was hard for me to thank Hashem. I said, what do I have here? I don't have clothing. I don't have towels and tefillin. I don't have a safer. I don't have any food. I don't have my family. It's difficult for me to feel thankful to the Rebbeinu And then I was thinking, I have my emuna Bashem. That they can't take away from me. And I began to say, And then I looked at the words, How great and wonderful and wondrous is it that I have the Yamuna Bashem, that I believe that everything that's happening to me is coming from the Rabbi Shalom. And he wasn't released, he was in Varsha, and he met the Maharyats, the previous Lubavitcher and he told him about what he felt when he was in Siberia, the first Moidani, and he told him it's worth it to sit in Siberia for two years, just to come to such a hasoga, just to come to such a realization, that Rabo Emuna Secho, you know the Malbim, once woke up his entire family very early in the morning, he told them to put on Big Day Shabbos. He wants them to come outside. They got dressed in their Shabbos clothes, his family and children. They came out, said he wants them to see the sunrise, to see the Gvuras Hashem, to see how HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings light to the world, to see how everything is run by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Heiligi Husiatana, a few hours before his Ptira, he asked to be carried outside. He says, I want to look once more at HaKadosh Baruch Hu's a flower. I want to see the godless Sabaira. I want to remind myself of the Chochmah Sashem, of the Gvura Sashem. Tzadikim lived every moment. Bakshu of Tomid. They saw the Yad Hashem in everything that happened, and they understood life and its events through that understanding, through that Hashkofa. Now the Chofetz Chaim's son writes that there were two great fires in Iraden. One in Tofre Samach Gimel in 1903 and one a year later in 1904. In the first fire, the fire started in the Jewish section of the town and all the houses with those days, you know, everything was made out of wood and the fire, the whole town burned down very quickly. The fire stopped right at the Chafetz Chaim's house. And from the Chafetz Chaim's house till the end of town, there was 26 houses left. Those houses didn't burn down. A year later, Tofre Samach Dalid, there was another fire, it came from the Goyesha section in town, a granary caught fire, and the fire shot into the Jewish section, caught onto the Chofetz Chaim's house, and from there burned down the next 26 houses. After the first part of town had been rebuilt, now the last 26 houses were burned down. There was a Yid in Eretz Yisrael, lived in Ramat Sharon. his name was Reb Chaim Sinai. And he told over, he was a Bocha learning in Raden at the time, and um, his claim to fame was that he was the strongest Bocher in Raden. He grew up on a farm, milking the cows, and he had big muscles. And when the fire came, the second fire, you know, those days there was no fire engine with hoses. There was, it was called the Bucket Brigade. You had to get the whole town out to line up, and they, to the nearest well, they passed bucket after bucket. That's how they doused the fire. And the whole yeshiva came out. There were 200 Bochrim. They lined up in a row. And this Bochr was the strongest Bochr in Raden. He was perched on the rooftop in the house next to the Chofetz Chaim's house. 
Because that was a difficult position because he had to hold on with one hand up there to the chimney and the other hand you had to be able to pour the, the water. And he was, very, he was very robust and healthy. And they were passing up the buckets to him and he saw the Chofetz Chaim standing with his family watching his house go down and go down, the, being burned down to embers. And he wanted very much to hear what the Chofetz Chaim was saying now. But he couldn't give up his spot. But it was very important. So he called over another bacher. He says, come, try to relieve me just for a couple of minutes. He could, the boy said, I can't. He said, no, try. Come, I'll show you what to do. And he, he brought him up. He said, hey, you just catch the buckets and start pouring. And he quickly scampered down. And he went to stand next to the Chofetz Chaim. And here's the Chofetz Chaim saying, Oi, Rabbi Nishalayim, such chesed Hashem, such chesed Hashem. There was a gezeira, the whole of Radon should burn down. But in your great chesed, instead of allowing it to happen at once, and we wouldn't be able to help each other, so you divided it in two. And the first year, you left 26 houses, so we should be able to help the people who lost their homes. Then after they all built up, you allowed the second part of the town to burn down, so now they can help us. This is what he is saying while his house is burning down. Tzadikim lived, and they tried to understand Bakshu Ponov Tomid. They constantly searched where we could see HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hand guiding us. And the first step in our preparation for Chodesh, in Chodesh Elul, is Lulei Hemanti, Lirois Betuv Hashem. To be mechazek ourselves again and again in the simple yesoidus of what it means to be a yid. That everything that happens is the yad Hashem. Everything I own is a present from the Rebbe Yishlam. Nothing for me to hold myself bigger than the next person. What I don't have is from the Rebbe Yishlam too who decides that's what's best for me. And a person reviews again and again because you know a person could become full of himself so quickly he doesn't even realize a person could sit in his business every day, and if HaKadosh Baruch Hu helps him, he's matzliach, he could, before you know it, he's a shtikal apikairis. Yeah? He doesn't even chap how quickly it happened. He becomes full of koichi v'aitzim, yodi. He becomes full of himself. And when one becomes full of himself, he denies, doesn't say it with his mouth, but in his heart, he stops believing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in control. And then it's not so clear to him that the Sifrei Chaim, the Sifrei Mesim are Pesuchim. And he can go through these days without feeling that Pachar and that Eimo of the Yoim Adin. There's a Moiradik word from the Toldas, I may have said it over in previous years. The Toldus Yankiv Yosef, the Heilige Talmud of the Heilige Baal Shem Tev, said, the Sifrei Chaim, the Sifrei Meitzim, Apsuchim, and we're told on Rosh Hashanah to write ourselves in the Sefer that we want to be written into. You want to be written in the Safran Shel Tzadikim, just say so. A person has a choice, he writes himself into which Sefer he wants. No, so then what's the big deal? What could be easier than that? Hashem gives me a pen and let me just sign on the dotted line. Apparently, and this is a new insight into our understanding, the mishpat, the judgment of Rosh Hashanah. 
Our fear is not about what HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what the Din will do to us. Our fear is about our own level. Are we brave enough to write ourselves into the Safran Shel Tzadikim? Do we have what it takes to overcome the Yitzhahara and write ourselves, inscribe ourselves in the Sefer Achaim? Because the Rishonim tell us Sefer Achaim doesn't just mean physical life. It means Be'ikir, a life of Rochnius, the true life, the true Chaim. And a person is given an opportunity, is given a choice. What type of life do you want to live this year? What type of life do you want to have? One of emptiness, one of superficiality. Being part of the rat race, status seeking, foolishness, hevel havolim. Or do we have the courage? Are we brave enough to take that pen and make the decision to write ourselves in the Safran Shel Tzadikim? That's the depth of the terrifying Mishpot. It's not easy. We're terrified. Will we have the ability to choose with an MS? To choose a life of toichen, of pneumius, of spirituality, of inner real meaning. Or will we allow the pleasures of life to be whittled down to something as silly as when the other guy goes, when he sees me, and that, that's going to keep me going for another day or two. You know, I know a very, very wealthy man, very successful businessman, who retired from his business and sat down to learn. Why did he make his decision? He had a close friend who was so wealthy you know, they have these publications that publish the 500 richest men in America, whatever, different. Uh, and this fellow, his friend, was meant to be in number 240. And they printed, by mistake, they made him number 270. And he was so ill, he went into a depression from it. He couldn't deal with it. And when he seed saw it, he said, if that's what it's all about, I've had enough. He says, I can't. if this is what it's about, my sheep is to become like him, and then what? And he recognized. And he wrote himself into the Sefer HaChayim. Rav Desler writes, a whole year we have Bechira Protis. We're faced with Nisyoinus each time to choose good or Rahman al-Islam, the opposite of good. On Rosh Hashanah we have what's called a Bechira Klolis. A general, all-encompassing type of choice what type of life do we want to live? And it's difficult for us to make changes. It's uncomfortable for us. And we have to be very sensible. We shouldn't do rash things. Somebody once came to Rabbi Chasman, he says he wants to have a Kabbalah for Elul. Something that he should undertake. So he told him, think of something that you could easily do a whole year. 
Now, when you've thought of that, cut that in half, take half of that, and be makabal that for Elo. But if a person is being makabal something, if he's working on change, he's already a different human being. He's a person who's working, he's elevating himself, he's living in the life of steiging. But it's still very, very difficult to decide to inscribe ourselves in the book of life. If it would be so easy, the Yom Hadin wouldn't be a day of pachad. It would be a day of ease. It obviously takes tremendous strength, tremendous koiches ha-nefesh. And a person has to have great courage and a burning desire to really make something meaningful out of his life. And for this, we need to understand the depth of the Avoid of Chodesh Elo. To understand the Oymik of something, we need to know where is its source in the Torah. Where is the source of the Avoid of Chodesh Elo in Torah Seinu HaKadoshu? In last week's Sedra, we learned the parsha of the Eishas Yifas Toyah. A soldier in battle sees a Yifastoyar Bashivyo and he wants to take her to his home. And there's a whole set of halachas on how one goes about doing this. And it says he's meant to take her. She should mourn her father and mother for a full month, says the Zoyer HaKadosh, Do Yarcho De Elu. This Yerach Yomim, that's mentioned in the parish of Yefas Toyar, this is the month of Elu. Extraordinary revelation. Here is the source, the root of the Avoida of Chodesh Elu. Of all places, a mitzvah that we can barely understand, Chazal tell us, Really, it should be a Dover or But Chazal saw that he wouldn't be able to overcome his Yetzirah. The Torah saw, I mean, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu was matarit, that he shouldn't eat, he shouldn't take Isser, he should take Beheter. Here is the source of the mitzvah of Chodesh Elul. So the Svarim add that, that refers to the entire Tkufa. Ba'alta refers to Shmini Atzeres, the final ultimate zivug of Knesset Yisrael and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Rav Shalom Kamenke writes Ba'alta the Roshetevis Ba'yoyma Shmini Atzeres Tiyalochem. So the entire amazing Tkufa, which begins from Rishchodesh Elo and culminates with Ato Haresaladas on Shmini Atzeres. The glorious Yontav season, the Chodesh Tishrei Yerach Ha'isonim, is rooted in the mitzvah, in the commandment of the Eishas Yifas Toya. And this needs to have a lot of explanation to understand why this would be the source. First, we need to understand what is the purpose of her mourning her father and mother. We understand all the other things. They used to wear beautiful clothing. They dressed her in rags. All of this was to make her repulsive to the soldier that he should release her. But why? So Rashi already says that she should be atzevo and Bas Yisrael should be besimcha. But there's a kleyoker. The kleyoker says, because the posik says, toiv lo leches lebeis ovel. It's good for one to be in a house of mourning 
And if she is sitting there mourning over her father and mother, that will be his oirerus lechuva. It will be yaskir loy yoim hamiso. What does it mean, a base ovel? Rachmanulitzlan, if we ever go to you, Menachem Ovel, somebody. Now you walk in, everybody's sitting around. Nobody wants to say anything. Everybody's afraid. What should I say? What shouldn't I say? You wait for the Abel to be Paiseach. You think about your word. You think about what you do. Nobody knocks on the door of a base Abel and says, Hello, Ami, how's everybody doing? Never happens. Nobody sits and schmoozes politics in a base Abel. Nobody talks Lashonar in a base Abel. We're careful about how we act. There's a seriousness. We know our words and actions make a difference. We walk out, we think, did I say the right thing? Did I say the wrong thing? There's an erenskite. There's a ritzinus. Yerach yomim imo. A seriousness. Doesn't mean avelus, a sadness. But it means living with an awareness. That every move and every word has repercussions, has results. That's the avoider we get out of a year full of hefkerus. When we just talk without thinking, when we do without thinking, without discipline. And for one month we're told, think a little bit. Have a little bit of koivid roish. Seriousness, chvedus. That's yerech yomim yarcho de elul. But perhaps we could say another pshat. Let us imagine what went on over here. Who was a soldier who fought in the battles of Melchemes Yisrael? So we know that before you went out to battle, they would make an announcement to Isha Yorevarachaleva, who I was afraid should return and go back home. The smallest Aveira was disqualified him from being a soldier in the army. So they tell the story in Volozhna, they once made a Purim spiel in front of Reb Chaim Volozhna, and they made a spiel of how the Eden went out to do battle. They lined up a whole row of soldiers, they had young strapping soldiers, and they had a few old men with long beards with sticks, and they started saying, okay, whoever's this and whoever's that should go back and go back. And each slowly, the whole line backed off. They were left with three old men, the Noidi Behuda, the Shagasai, and the Pnei Yeshua. And the Prime of said, yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it happened. You think that's what it was. These are the ones that went into battle. And you forgot to say the end, so they Taka won the battle. Now, if so, imagine... What it meant, who was a soldier who went into battle? The biggest tzaddikim. Shtorchaim HaKadosh already asked the Kasha, such tzaddikim, vikum tzamaisa eishas yifastoye bechashaktabo. He says it's in yonim nizgovim v'noiroyim, Shtorchaim HaKadosh says. There are nitsoises, there are sparks of kedusha that get lost between the klipois. There are neshamas that get lost between the umais ha'oilom. And tzaddikim have to draw these neshamas out. And the greatest tzaddikim, the greatest mukubolim of the generation would go out to battle and they would feel the Choshaktaboy that was a sign from Shomayim that here there was a Neshama Tahir. He says that was the story of Shechem and Dina, of Oretz Rachvas Yodayim, the Neshama of Rabchanina Ben Tradin, the Roshetevis Rachvas was hidden there. And so too the situations, the stories of Eshishif Astoyaz in Yonim Neiroim Venizgovim. So if there was a case of somebody taking home an Eshishif Astoya, we're talking about Kidoy Shel Elyoin, Malachi Ashores, we can't even begin to imagine. So let's try to picture what happened. So she comes in, this Goyesha woman, 
and they cut off her hair, and they dress her in rags, and she's living in the home of a tzaddik hador. No, he wakes up in the morning, he washes Moidani, he thanks Hashem for returning his neshama. No, he makes birchas hatoyre. Starts davening to the Rabbi Nishlam. Vaharev no Hashem aleikainu as divrei sayroscha Rabbi Nishlam. Make your words of Torah sweet. I shall have a geshmak in today's learning. Make it precious to me. And then he says, Ashabocha bonim yikolo amin v'nos lano es tayrosoi. And he's so filled with simcha and thankfulness and gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he gave us Torah, he begins to dance. And for an hour he's dancing a rikid koidesh, full of kedusha, full of islavas. And then he's mispalal v'niya anach nubetzeh, tzoei nubetzeh, tzoei tzoei tzoei, and he's mispalal for all the future generations. They should be kulona yoyda shemech of the lamas ha'asecha l'shmo. And then before davening, of course, he sits down to learn. You can imagine what it looked like when he learned. If the Chafetz Chaim said he saw his Rebbe, Reb Nochem Karodna, when he learned a ring of fire would surround him. And Toysim HaSech Tachagiga says the same thing about the Tanoim. Could you imagine someone in the times, in those times of Kibosh HaOretz, a tzaddik hador, when he sat down to learn before davening, certainly there was a ring of fire around him. And she's sitting there, she's watching this before her eyes. What's going on here? And then it comes Shabbos Kodesh, and this tzaddik v'kodesh comes home, and he starts singing, Sholem Aleichem, Malachi Ashores, Malachi Elyon. You know, the Grodges Gerebbe said about his Rebbe, the Heilige Chanchina, when he said, Sholem Aleichem, Malachi Ashores, he would say, Gavriel, you sit here, and Machol, you sit here. So you can imagine, you saw the Malachim, Mamish, they walked into the house. And then he benches his children, Yesimcha Lekim Kefraim Lechem He starts making Kiddush, V'Shabbos Kodshoi. You gave us a matona toive, the neshama gate toys fingaguim. And in the background, there's a goite in rags crying, Oh, my father, my mother. You hear the whole time, Oh, she's crying, making coilers in the middle while all this is going on. Imagine if she was captured out of Pesach and this yid comes home in his kittel, he looks like a malach Eloikim and he's making kiddish. And his kindlech are around the table, and they ask Manishtano, Alaylo, Azem, Ikol, Aleilois. And they start talking, Sipa Yitzias Mitzrayim. And it comes to Hallel, the whole family begins to dance, Mekimi, Meofer, Dol, Meash, Bois, Yorem, Evyoin. And the background, ooh, What was she crying about? You know what she was crying about? She saw the level that a human being could reach. She saw what it meant to be an Oyved Hashem. She saw what type of life, what an Hashemah can achieve. It doesn't say, It says, why did I have to be born to a father and a mother like I was born to? Look at these people. Look at what they could accomplish. The Ebenezer says, She cries that her parents weren't Megayah. 
she saw what a human being should have, could accomplish. And she couldn't bear to be locked out of this. In the city of Nitra, there was a Ger Tzedek. And when the Germans deported the town of Nitra, he was sent along on the trains and somebody asked him, tell me, why did you become a Yid? And he said, once I passed by the shul on Motzei Yom Kippur and I saw the Yidin walking out in their kitlin. I saw the glow on their faces. I saw the Kedusha. I saw the Tahara. I knew I had to be part of this. Uboxo es ovio ve es imo. Yerach yomim do yarcho de elul, says the Zayerach This is the avoido of elul. To cry over what we were meant to be. To cry that we are locked out of our own destiny. We were designed for greatness, for Kedusha, for Tahara, for Torah, for Yira, for Tfila, for Midas Toivas. And where am I holding? It's not just the crying for the Averis, it's the crying that I'm left out of what I should really be. Uboxo es es imo. On our natural, natural midos, our natural weaknesses. And a person cries to the Rabbi Shalom. Rabbi Shalom, you brought my neshama down onto this world and you gave us a whole Torah. Look at that shell, it was full of svarim, shas, rishonim, vachroinim. And all that was given to me. I would love to know it all, I would love to learn it all. But Rabbi Shalom, you gave me a weakness called Atzlos. And when I sit down to learn Torah after a half hour, I need to get up and take a break. Rabbi Shalom, help me. Tata, help me achieve what I was meant to achieve. Lechtige Tata, you put my neshama on this world. I should have good midas. I shouldn't speak ill of others. I should be mechabed others. I should look for their good. Ah, you bochso, I have a midah, disgusting midah called gaiva. And I always have to be better than the other guy. I have to make sure that he knows it. Please, Rabbi Nishalem. I can't get to where I want to be. Rabbi Nishalem, Tata, I wish I could be happy for my friend when things go good for him. But you gave me a natural instinct called kinna. Help me overcome it. It shouldn't draw me down. Rabbi Nishalaylam, you gave me a varim, you gave me a goof, you gave me eyes. And with these eyes, I have the ability to see Mashiach when he comes. You gave me taivas royas. And my eyes look where they shouldn't look and see what they shouldn't see. Rabbi Nishalaylam, Rabbi Nishalaylam, Ves imo yerach yomim. Loidibre toire ele neged yeitzahore. Neged yeitzahore. A yid thinks, what was I designed to be? Kodesh Baruch who took my neshama.
from underneath the Kisei HaKovet and he brought it down onto this world. Why? What was the plan? What was expected? Kedoshim Tiu Ki Kodosh Ani The Eibishter designed us to have his Kedusha. Moiridike Medrash, the last Medrash in the Torah. The last Medrash in Chamishay Chumshay Torah is extraordinary Medrashim. It talks about the Ptira of Moshe Rabbeinu. And it says, when it came time for Moshe Rabbeinu to leave this world, Hashem said to the Malach Gavriel, Gavriel, bring me the Neshama of Moshe. Gavriel said, Somebody who's equal to 600,000 people. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to the Malach, Michoel Tzeiv, Ohovei Nishmosei Shel Moishe, Omelefon of Riboine Shel Oilom, Ani Oyisi Loi Rav, Uyoyli Letalmed Lo Yochel, Ani Liroiz Bemoisei, the Malach Michoel refused to take Moishe Rabbeinu's Neshama. In Arichas and the Medrash, the Medrash says, Fine, HaKadosh Baruch, who called the Sotan, he called the Samach Mem himself to go take Moshe Rabbeinu's Neshama. Oh, my He said to Moshe Rabbeinu, I came to take you, Neshama. He said, Who sent you? He said, The one who created everything in the world. He says, You have no right to take my Neshama. The Malachamova said, Everybody's Neshama is in my hand. What do you mean I can't take your Neshama? Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'm stronger than the entire world. Finally, the Samach Mem, the Sotan, took out his sword and he wanted to take Moshe Rabbeinu. Cuts off all of Moshe, the Notales Hamate Biyodo. He took his Mate, his staff. Shechokuk by Shema Mephoirish, Upoga by, and he hit the Samach Mem, Bechol Koichayad Shenos Milofonov, and he ran away from him. Finally, Hakadosh Baruch Hu came bechvoidayu veatzmoi, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu began to speak to the neshama. Ba'oisus shokar Hakadosh Baruch Hu l'neshama mitoich gufoi omalo biti main tochteru mea ve'esrim shona hundred twenty years kidsafticho heyoischa begufoi shel Moshe. I put you to be in the guf of Moshe. Achshav higia kidsach. Now came the end. It's time for you to leave. Tzii al ta'achri. Go out and do not delay. Omro lefon of ribayne shaloylom. Yoidas ani she'ato elekai kol aruchos. V'chol anifoshos. You created me, you formed me, va'ato nisosani begufay shel Moshe, meya v'yesrim shono. You put me into Moshe Rabbeinu's guf for 120 years, va'achshav yeish guf Torah bo'olam, yoisem igufay shem. Is there any place in the world that's a holier spot to be? I don't want to leave. 
The Rebbeinu Shilo Eini Roitzel Lot says, Ani Oyheves Oisoi, the Eini Roitzel Lot says, Mimenu. Go out quickly. I will take you up to the highest place. But the Neshama answered, Let me stay. Until finally, who gave Moshe Rabbeinu a kiss, and he took his neshama out of the misas neshika. The medrash is half of a feller, The Rebbe offers the neshama a place tachas kisei akovid, higher than all the srofim alochim by fanei akodesh. And the Neshama says, no, I'd rather be inside the goof of Moshe Rabbeinu. Because a person has the ability, has the potential to be Kodosh B'Gdushosai Yisborach Shemoi Mamish. And it says on all the Svarim HaKadoshim. Moshe Rabbeinu was a human being who reached his full potential. And such a potential as a Kedusha that's greater than being Tachas Kisei higher than all the angels and all the Srofim and all the Yofane HaKodesh. That's what an Eshama is designed for. That's the plan for a human being. Moshe Rabbeinu reached the height of human potential. But all of us are meant to ask ourselves, Mose Yagiyu Masai Lemasei Avoisai. What am I here for? Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu take my Neshama from so far away and put it onto this world? Isn't there a purpose? Isn't there something special and something meaningful and something real? A Kedusha Noiro that I was really designed for. And recently we had in Yeshiva, we had a Sheva Baruchas for two Chasanim, Baruch Hashem. It says that in the Svarim Akdoshim it says that a Chasan B'yoyim Chuposay gets the level of Tzadik Yisoid Oilom. The Chsam Soifer writes that he has the Koyach HaTfil of the Tzadik HaDor. Now what does that mean? No, you can take wood and you could fashion it into a chair, to a table, you could even make it into an Oren Kodesh. But you can't turn it into a giraffe or to a potato because it's not designed to be that. That a person B'yayim Chuposoy could be Tzadik Yisoyed Oilom that means that that's really him. That means that his neshama was designed to be tzaddik yesoid oilom. Otherwise it wouldn't be possible that suddenly one day in his life he could actually be that. <laughs> you designed me to be a tzaddik yesoid oilom. So far from it. 
so far from my potential. I'm so far from what I'm meant to be. Help me. Help me become a little bit closer to the plan that there was for me. And then a person lives with she'ifos, with yearning, with ambition. You could have two people coming to shul, both learning, both davening, but they have completely different lives. One is full of she'ifa, and one is just going through the motions. You know, you can build a building, you get a contractor to build the building. Now the contractor is the builder, he doesn't put down a single brick. For that he has these guys with the machines, they come with their cranes, they put down bricks. Now the guys who put down the bricks, they don't even know what they're doing. They don't know if they're building a school, they're building a shul, they're building a gym, it doesn't make a difference, they go on to the next place. The contractor, the balabos, he's building a binyan. They're both building. The one is putting down bricks and one is making a binyan. One is building with a future. To live with das. To live with a cheshbin. To live to know that I have to put up a binyan. I have to accomplish something with my neshama. And every day I have to get a little bit closer to that. Where am I holding in that? Am I thinking about that? Or am I living my life, my Yiddishkeit, with my eyes closed? Mitzvah samnoshim elumodo. Do I have a vision for my ruchnias? Everybody's got a plan for their business, for the financial success. Do I have a plan? Where am I going to be in five years from now? How knowledgeable will I be in Torah? Where will I be in developing my midas Where will I be in Ahavas Yisrael? Where will I be in Yerushalayim? Am I thinking about it? Rabbi Chavetz Chaim once said, the Gemara says, someone has the Yetzirah, seeing, approaching him, one of the Yetzirah says, Yaske lo Misa. Why should he remember the Yaymisa? He should remember the Din V'cheshben of the Yaymisa. Why Yaske lo Yaymisa? So the Chofetz Chaim says, a person should remember that one day he'll have a Yaymisa, he'll be lying on his bed with a few hours left, and then every minute's going to be so precious. Oy, would he want to have another day, another week, another year? Hashem, I'm not yet ready. I'm not ready for the great judgment. I need more time. But a person lives his life as if the years are hefka, as if time is meaningless. As if time is cheap. It could be wasted on silly indulgences, on batola, on shtusim v'avolim, on narishkaiten. There will come a time in everybody's life when he'll be fighting for one more minute. The Chavetz Chaim gives the marshal of a drunkard who made some money. He says, pockets full of money. What does he do? He goes into the bar and buys drinks on the house for everybody. And he's paying for everybody's drinks. And he doesn't realize his pocket's getting emptier and emptier. He still thinks he's got loads of money. Comes the morning, he's got a few cents left. He walks out of the bar and he's dancing all the way because he's so rich. He's got a pocket full of money. That's all gone. Person lives his life. He thinks there's years and there's years and there's years. But the years go on. He thinks just because it's been going on, he's still got a pocket full. Chavetz Chaim says, we look at people, we advance in years, a person sees the gufas unraveling before him, and he's Isaac in the same foolishness, 
and he's chasing the same Hevel Havolim that he was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. When it's a shikr who does it, we laugh at him, we think he's a Meshuggan. And when sensible human beings do that, we think it's perfectly normal. To live and to understand that we're building a binyan, that it's not day by day. There's a future for every one of us. And every word, every dibber, every thought, every ria, every anhoge makes a difference in our future. Rabbi Sazalman once sent a group of Talmidim to take a feher to be tested by the Altaf and Slabotke. And one of the group was a very big ilu, a big genius. And when they finished the feher, the Altaf and Slabotke said, from that boy I don't expect anything to come of. Nothing's going to happen, nothing will be of him. And ultimately he became a rob, and later he gave up his rabbanas and became a lawyer, and then he was involved in some swindle, and he ended up in jail. So ultimately Slabotka said, you know why nothing's going to become of him? Because he has no derech eretz. No derech eretz. He says, yeah, we served tea, and we were giving sugar, and the sugar spilled out on the table, and he dipped his finger in the sugar, and he licked his finger. It's not a, it's not a behavior that you could expect anything from. Slabotka. <laughs> To know that we're developing ourselves all the time. Everything we do has meaning for our future. We have to live with a cheshben. I have a close friend whose father was the mashgiach in the Naitir Yeshiva. It was a big tzaddik, Rabbi Yankif Pinchas Garelnik. Maybe I told the story here once. I forget, I mix up where I told which story. A moiridik tzaddik. Rabbi called him the Kleinach of Chaim. When he was, he, he was born in Kamenitz. Um, after the war, he came, he learned in Lake, he learned Barabaran. There was once a Hanukkah Mesiba. The family made a Hanukkah Mesiba. And somehow somebody got hold of some slides or some film footage of the Russians conquering Kamenitz, taking it back from the Germans. So you were able to see the whole town of Kamenitz, his hometown. Everybody was very excited. They're going to bring there. Oh, very interesting to see such a thing. And he was sure that he would have great honor to watch this. When they showed these slides, he walked out of the room. So he didn't come. They were, maybe he's upset. Maybe they shouldn't have brought such a thing. So they went to him. Tata, what's, is it okay? He says, no, I'll tell you. So the truth, I want very much to see this. I'm so anxious to see it. But I'll tell you, before the war, I was growing up, there was a meeting, they had the Bundists, the Zionists, they had these uh, secular groups, and they had a meeting and in a certain building, and I wanted to see what's going on, and I peeked in the window, I saw one of my teachers was there without a yarmulke. That's what I saw. And since then, it's been bothering me that I saw that. I was waiting for the opportunity when I could fix that Rio Asura. I shouldn't have looked at that. Now here, I want to see something so badly, I decide I'm not going to look at it. That will cleanse my eyes from having seen what I shouldn't have seen then. A yid who lives with a cheshben. A yid who knows that every move counts. Every ria counts. Every thought counts. Every dibber counts. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to build a binyan for the rabbinah shalaylam. I think about life. The Chofetz Chaim, somebody once sat next to him by Musa Seder. They heard him saying, Yisrael Meir, what did you do from four o'clock till ten after four? Yisrael Meir, the Bistak Gazlin, Vosos Dugeton Medit, ten minutes. 
When a person's a builder, he's a contractor, he's not just a worker. He's building a binyan lonetzach. He wants an accounting for everything. Where did this go? Where did that go? I ordered so much. How much of it was used? That's how a balabas thinks. That's how someone who's developing a future thinks. But the Yitzhahara tricks us. And we don't realize, we don't realize that life is precious and it's moving very quickly. You know, you travel on the subway, you get on the train, it starts to move, you know when it starts to move. The train shakes and rattles and rolls. They have, I think in Japan, maybe they have it today in America, or something called a bullet train. The train travels 250 miles per hour or something like that, and it goes so smoothly that you barely feel the train moving. So somebody's sitting on the train, and he's waiting an hour or two, and he says to somebody, you know, well, when is it starting to travel? He says, what do you mean? We're, tra- we're traveling already two hours. You just didn't realize it. You know, Amole Gitzaiten, times were difficult. Ready when people were young, they carried tremendous achrayas, and sometimes you had 10, 11-year-old children who were carrying the panosa over their families. Things, life shook and rattled and rolled. It wasn't a comfortable ride. You knew that life began. You knew that time was passing by. Today everything goes smooth. I mean, Baruch Hashem, the Ebishti gives us so many comforts, we don't even realize how quickly life is moving. It's going speeding, speeding, getting to the destination. We think it hasn't even started yet. I've got time to learn, I've got time to daven, time to work on my middles, time to work on my neshama. I have time, I have time. But it's very difficult. It's very difficult because we have an Atimas Halev. Yakho Hashem Levov. We can know what's right and we could want to improve, but we sit down to do something. The heart isn't there. He tried and he tried. I can't. There's an Atimas Halev. And we need to do something about the Atima Salev. You know, in this week's Sedra, we taught about Bikurim. The mitzvah of Bikurim is connected to Simcha. The Somachto Bechola Toiv Hashem Ekech Noisen Lecho. We only bring Bikurim Me'atzeres Adachag. We only lay in the parasha of Bikurim because it's a man of Simcha. It's more than simcha, it's the mafteach, it's the key to the somachta b'chol The mitzvah of Bikurim enables us to enjoy everything we have. What is the connection between Bikurim and the somachta b'chol There's a posik in Yeshaya. Lochein hinni Yosef lahafli hafle I will do things, I will bring mishpotim, Rachman that are half-flavor not the old-fashioned type of punishments, but things that are so astonishing, things that are so unbelievable. Lochein, I will bring upon you things that are half-flavor feller. So what's the beginning of the Pasuk? Lochein, what for? We would imagine, Gimel Averis Chamuros, maybe for Sin Aschinom. The beginning of the Pasik says, because Yerosem Oisi is mitzvah anoshim milumodo. Lochain, because of that, Vatihi Yerosem Oisi mitzvah anoshim milumodo. Lochain, Hinini, Yosef, Lahafli, Esom, as a half level feller. We do mitzvahs by rote, without any das, without any thought. And for this, we get a punishment of half-flavor feller. 
More amazing in this week in the Teucheche. Hashem says, you know why you're going to get these curses, these punishments. Tachas Because we didn't serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'Simcha. Apparently these two things are connected. The mitzvahs anoshim milumodo and the lack of simcha in avodas Hashem. Do you know what it means? Mitzvahs anoshim milumodo. Chavetz Chaim once said that in benching, in the bracha of Atoyva Hametiv, there are fifteen tefillas bakoshes. Chayin lechesed lerachmim rebach atzlocha bracha yishur nechama panosach alkola verachmim vechayin vesholoim vechol tuv umikol tuv loylam al yechasreinu fifteen bakosh. It sounds like a trill you would say in the Yom Neiroim. Say vechayin bracha. We can go through life hundred and twenty years never even noticing that they're there. We bench all the time. I was once by a malav malka with the sklener rebels as I gezunt. And he was singing a niggin from his father to the words, Hareinu Hashem Chazdecho V'yashacha Titen Lonu. It was a moiridikin niggin. And he was getting red and he was sweating. And he started, he had to shake his bekeshe. He was becoming so molly, his slavish. He's crying. Hareinu Hashem Chazdecho. Hashem, show us your chesed. It was unbelievable. The words were shining. I'm thinking to myself, hey, where do we say that, Pasek? I know it from somewhere. Said every single day in Sukkot de Zimra, a treasure like that, a treasure like such words. We don't put any thought into it. We don't put any koyach into it. It becomes mitzvahs anoshim milumodo, and it has no simcha. Do you know what that means? There are people who live their lives without any direction, without any hadrocha, without any tachlis. He comes to shul on Shabbos. He doesn't even know why. Comes a little bit late. Looks for a siddur. Sits down. Looks for who to talk to. Who to shmuz to. Looks at the clock till it's over. He davened another tefillah. Another tefillah. Another tefillah. There's no direction. There's no clarity in life. Bikurim means clarity. Bikurim means a person went down to his field and he saw a te'ener shabichra v'koyrech olav gemi. He tied a band around it and he knew this is racist. He knew this comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he focused on that racist and he knew what he was living his life for. You know what racist means? Racist means focus. If you take a light and shine it on that wall, by the time it reaches that wall, it's diffused. It's no longer clear. You shine it right here, it's brilliant in its clarity because it's close to the source it's racious when a person has clarity he has simcha he has the somachta b'chol hatoiv in everything that he does but if his life is without so he doesn't even know what he's doing why he's doing he's just doing the same things he did when he was five years old he can't have any simch and anything that he has. His life is a life of frustration, of atzvus. He may not realize because he'll find one diversion after another to keep a smile on his face. But he's an empty shell. It's mitzvahs anoshim milumodo. There's no toichen because there's no mahalach in his life. He comes home at night, doesn't know what to do, when to go, where to go. He hears this, he just, everything just flows along. Like one irvuvia, one one 
just mass of chaos without any direction, without any mahalach. A person brings direction into his life. Reishis. Rosh Hashanah is reishis. You know why it's reishis? So the, the, the Svarim HaKadoshim tell us, the Yosheh Devrahemes writes, it brings B'Shem the Zoyar, that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, there was a Hishtalshalus, the world spread out, it diffused into existence. On Rosh Hashanah, all of our Neshamas are brought back to the source, to the concentrated beginning, to the Reishis, where everything is brought into clear focus and we can see and experience life at its deepest, purest level without any distortions. And that's a life of Simcha. That's a life of joy. That's a life of meaning. How does one accomplish this? I'm going to tell you, share with you one moiridikavart, a moiridikahayro. The Postic says about the Torah, dvash v'cholov tachas l'shoinech. It's like honey and milk. I saw once in a sefer, a moiridikavart, dvash comes from the outside. The bee gathers honey. He gathers pollen, nectar from the flowers, and from there he brings honey. It doesn't come from the bee itself. Milk comes from the animal itself. That's why lahalocha, um, honey is not called a dover hayoytzim and atomi, not called a dover hayoytzim and achai. It doesn't come from the bee. Cholov of a behemoth tamei is tamei because it comes from the animal. There's two aspects to Torah. There's the dvash, when a person gathers Torah, which is a wonderful thing. He learns Torah and he absorbs it. Then there's the chalik of cholov. The Torah that he produces, that comes from inside him. Now that has many levels. If someone's a great mechadish in chidushe Torah, so he's producing Torah, he's being mechadish in Torah. But if one is not on that level, there's still a level of Torah where he is creating from his neshama. He's thinking about what he's learning. He's concentrating. That you can read a blood gemara and you could read the words that are written there. You could have a blood gemara and you could create the words that are written there. If it's coming from your neshama, you can daven, and you can have the siddur open. You can say, Asher, Yois, Rebbe, Secho. You're just reading the words that are there. But if it comes from your heart, and one is thinking, and one is concentrating, and one puts his neshama, he's not reading the words on the paper. He's giving birth to them. He's creating them. And that is the simcha of Reishis. That's the simcha of Bechol Yoim Yibbeinecho Simcha the Svarim tell us comes from newness, from being renewed, from chidush. When things are old and boring, they don't excite us, they don't bring us any simcha. person walks outside and he sees an animal, he sees a cat. Doesn't excite him, he's seen a thousand cats. If he walked outside and saw an elephant, who would he be excited? Be full of simcha, he saw something new. There's old Torah and there's new Torah. There's old davening, there's new davening, there's old avoidus Hashem, and there's new. When it comes from within, one is giving birth, he's creating chidush. Kol yoyim yiu be'inecho kechadoshim. You know, Tzadikim said, Arachayim HaKadosh, they didn't have any children. And they say because he put the whole koyach ha'yitzir into his chidush there was nothing left anymore for children. 
we want to live a meaningful life of b'chol yoyim yu be'enecho kichadoshim, how do we come to shul? How do we sit down by a blot gemara? How do we deal ben adam lechaveroi? Person has a mayer if he has to daven. He has to create a mayer. If he just falls into shul, he doesn't know where he is, what he's doing. One day blurs into the next. There's no chiddush. It's his yashnos. It's atzvus. There's no bikurim. There's no v'samachta b'chol HaKadosh Baruch who gives us the ability to give him a present. To give him a blood gemara that comes from our neshama, that comes from the outside. To give him a capital till that doesn't come from the pages, but comes from my heart. To be mechadesh chidushin. To bring to him the racious bikure ad Moscho. I planted something. I created something. Let me bring it to you and bring a tnufal Hashem. If we look at our avoidus Hashem this way, Rabbi Sai, we will overcome the plague of Milumodo. And its horrible result. Atzvus, misery, frustration, boredom with Havoidas Hashem. If we want to build, if we want to get closer to that real potential, if we could cry some real tears for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that I want to be what I was designed for, I won't be afraid to say the Rebbeinus of the Chosveinu B'Sefer Achayim, and I really mean it. We avoid the Sefer Achai because we don't know what a wondrous, delicious place it is. We don't know how much true Simchas Achayim, how much real meaning, how much Teichen, how much life there is in that Sefer Achayim when we create life. We're frightened to enter the book of life. Because we don't know what's in it for us. We think the joy and the happiness and the pleasure is Rahman al in the other book. And that's a book of death. A living death. A silly, foolish, pathetic life. Meaningless. Every one of us has the opportunity Beg the Rebbeinu Shalaylam, Sochreinu Lechaim, Vichosveinu, Besefer Achaim, Lemancha, for you. Because you have a plan for me. You created my Neshama with a reason, with a blueprint. I don't want to miss it. I want to accomplish my Tachlis. And each person has his own Tachlis according to his koiches, according to his abilities. One person's tachlis is to know all of shas. And one person's tachlis is to struggle. One person's tachlis is to support those who are learning shas. One person's tachlis is to be Isaac and chesed and ahavas Hashem. And everybody has where he can grow 
what he can accomplish. But it begins with that desire. That's the avoid of Chodesh Elul. The Rabbi should help us. We should be zoiche. Shouldn't be afraid. Shouldn't be cowards. We should have the courage to say, Yes, Rabbi Nishalayim. Sign me up. I'm ready to sign my name in the Sefer Achaim. The Chosveinu Besefer Achaim. Lamancher Lekim Chaim. Should be zoiche to have a year of Yeshua's, the Chomois. Should be Tichle Shona Vekiloisel. Tochel Shona Vilchoisel. And all of Klayisol should be zoiche to Aksivachsi Metoive. A Shnaz Gula Vishua. A year of Binyan Beis Hamidosh. And Bias Mashiach Tzedkainu Bemheira Biyameinu Amen. Amen.